Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. So I'm going to continue tonight, and what I want to talk about tonight in part three is, is the bottom part there that says controlling your ambience. How many understand what ambience is? What atmosphere is? Does anybody, raise your hand if you know what ambience is. So the people that don't have your hands raised, you don't know what ambience is. Wow, okay. I guess I need to do teaching on what ambience is. Uh, atmosphere, uh, the, the place that you walk into, the feeling, the mood. You go to a restaurant, there's an ambience there. Now you with me? Okay, did that help? Okay. So I want to talk about that because we walk in an atmosphere or an ambience everywhere we go. And this is a big part of the battle of the mind. And so thinking about that, for example, uh, how many have a favorite restaurant that you like to go to? Some place that you really like to go to. Let me see your hand. A place that you just like to go there. Now, if you like to go there, whatever it is, doesn't matter what place it is, there's a reason. There's, it, it, it could be the food, and it probably is a big part of it. But also a part of it is, is the reception uh, the ambiance, the music, the way that they, re- they respond to you, the way they cook the food, um, the, the feeling of the place, maybe it's the lighting. So that's ambiance. That's the surroundings around us. And uh, sometimes, erroneously, I think, in churches, we think that we mistake, I should say, the, the ambiance or the atmosphere of a service with the lighting or the air conditioning, or even the song singing. And how many know that's not what it's about? That's not what makes the presence of the Lord, although it helps. Those things can help. So I want to give you an example to think about this tonight. Here's some things to, to think about as far as what I'm trying to go with this. I, I, I looked up restaurants, and think about this. The restaurants that like chains, fast food, and then also sit-down restaurants. How many know there's a difference between the fast food restaurants and the sit-down restaurants? So you go to a fast food restaurant, you can, I'm just going to throw some names out, Wendy's, Sonic, In-N-Out Burger, um, McDonald's, whatever, it's Taco Bell, just fast food places. They have certain colors that attract, and they, when you go in those, to those places, like all those ones I just mentioned, the light's going to be really bright, the music's going to be on, it's going to be exciting, and they're going to have very small places to sit. So the music, the lighting, and the small places to sit is that they want you to get in and eat and move out. They want it to be loud, they want it to be bright, and they want it to be um, small and compact so that you can't go in there and really relax and stay too long. How many are picturing what I'm saying there with that? So restaurants have a, a plan in mind when they have a, even if it's an inside, drive throughs obviously its own thing, but if they go into the restaurant and sit, there's a mentality about how they build the restaurant. And then that goes on to if a place is expensive and they want you to drink a lot or they want you to eat a lot and the food is expensive, they're not in a hurry for you to get out. They have not bright colors. The room is more, don't tone, the lighting is more dark and the, there's booths 
and there's big tables, and they want you to go in, and they're not in a hurry for you to leave because they want you to spend lots of money. They want you to order appetizers. They want you to order drinks. They want you to, of course, we don't drink, but lots of people do. They want you to order um, uh, desserts. They want you to sit there and talk. They, so they see, how many are seeing that the restaurants even have a way of setting the atmosphere or the ambience to, to get the clientele that they want and to have them stay as long as they want them to stay or as quick as they want them to stay. How many follow on what I just said there? So I'm trying to set up how atmospheres and ambiance can, can, can control us if we don't control them. If you were to think back for a second, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. If you were to think back for just a second of, of um, and I'm not going to put it up yet, of uh, going to uh, a place before you got saved. Some of you in here uh, did not live godly lives and weren't living for the Lord and, 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 and came in to find Jesus and changed your lives. And when that happened, you can think back even maybe to high school or stuff. There were certain songs. There were certain things that happened at a certain place that when you got there, in a party or, or some place where ungodly things weren't happening, there was an amp atmosphere and an ambiance there. How many are following me? Stadiums have that idea. Uh, bars have that idea. All kinds of businesses have that idea of they're setting up an atmosphere for you to get into a place and either feel comfortable or there'd be other, even be places to where they, that, that they want you to buy a certain thing. Every business has a plan of creating an atmosphere for the people to come in and be, be sometimes manipulated or just feel a certain way so they'll do a certain thing. Y'all following me? Now does it make sense? So in our lives, if we're going to win the battle of the mind, we have to control the atmosphere, our atmosphere. We can't control walking it like I can't walk into to In-N-Out Burger just to say a name and, and the lights are bright and say, hey, listen, I want you guys to turn the lights down, change the songs, and make me a bigger place to sit. Like I can't control the ambience in that sense. But if I go into a place and that place is not a place that is going to help my mind and that place is influencing me in a negative way, and I don't feel the Spirit of God in that place, then I can control the, my ambience by leaving that place. Y'all following me? And so this is what I want to talk about because this is a big part of winning the battle of the mind. You can control your atmosphere. You can control. You can't control the weather, but you can control how you handle the weather. You can't control how things happen always in life, but you can control what influences you. And this is what I want to kind of get tonight. Let me give you one more example, how life works. I, I could go on and on, but let's think about movies. You, you may or may not, I mean, most people like movies. Whether you watch them a lot or not, most people like some kind of movies. But I want you to think about something, and, and I don't want you to shout it out, but I want you to think about it for a second, and then I'll give you the answer. There's one thing in particular, that makes movies. Whether, whether it's a, 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 a good movie or a bad movie, whatever makes it popular, whatever makes it, make it be a good movie that reaches people, there's one word and one thing that causes that. And it, it, it is not the director. It is not the producer. It's not even the actors. It is this word, music. 
How many know music makes movies? Here's what I mean. I got this straight off the internet, just reading it from a, a page about movies. It's no secret that filmmakers use music as a secret weapon to manipulate our emotions and shape our opinion of the story. Just think about when you're watching a movie, they've got that change in music. If it's going to a really exciting fight scene, then it's going to be big, loud, upbeat music that's going to cause the people to want to fight and swing. And, for example, I remember watching Rocky, the movie Rocky, the first time I ever went to watch Rocky. What do you do when you walk out of the Rocky movie? What does everybody do when they rock? Whether you can fight or not, you walk out of that dun 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 Right? And you just want to fight somebody. Because that it wasn't so much Rocky, it was the music, the atmosphere of that song, the eye of the tiger, right? That got you to think about wanting to go fight somebody. I mean, I would like to know a statistic of how many people got beat up after a movie because they walk out and picked a fight with Ivan Drago in the parking lot and didn't know how to fight. Y'all following me? So it's a secret weapon to manipulate our emotions and shape our opinion of the story. The same footage may appear sinister. I'm thinking about all the things that Chris has made, movies that he's made over the years. Music is a big thing. Just thinking about how you have to pick the songs. I remember when we did the judgment play, all those years, there was that one, one song that was so powerful before, and many of you haven't seen it, but many of you have before the judgment started was the music before of just that fearful feeling of it being dark and the light going through the place. And so that music set the tone. How many are following me? Now, this is what it says. The same footage may be sad or romantic, and it's brought through with a choice of music and then has gradual, uh, sorry, um, gradual emotions that can be conveyed. And then it says, despite some exceptions, melancholy, peaceful, or romantic music is more likely to have a slower tempo. On the other hand, music played at a brisk tempo is more likely to evoke happy or positive emotions. And in a horror movie, feature, features music that is often discorded with irregular or strong rhythms to, 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 make, to mix things up. So think about movies and think about what music does in the movies. That music is setting an atmosphere for the movie. So what I want you to think about tonight is as we look at Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read this in just a second. The Bible says that Satan is the prince of the air. How many know that's, that's the case? So if he's the prince, and that sounds crazy because we know Jesus is king, but at this moment, Satan has the power of the air. That's why when, even though I joke that he's in the sound system, he's in the speakers, he's in the radio, he is the prince of the air, meaning he is the prince of the atmosphere or the ambience. So he has a lot of power. And his influence is stronger in our lives than we think. And if we don't win this battle of controlling our atmosphere and our ambience, then our mind is going to lose the battle. Because just like movies and just like restaurants, Satan has a way of manipulating our minds with different things in our lives to try to control our minds. To cause us to feel a certain way. Now, here, here's Ephesians chapter 2. Watch this. Verse 1. And you he made alive. How many tonight do I have alive? And I'm not talking about your pulse in your heart, but alive in Jesus. 
It says you were dead in your trespasses and your sins. You were. In which you once walked. See, now that we're saved, we're not supposed to walk the same way we used to walk. Okay? And let me just make this clear. We're not supposed to be watching the things we used to watch. We're not supposed to be listening to the things we used to listen to. We're not supposed to be doing the things we used to do. We're not supposed to be going the places we went. But I'll tell you something. From what I know of the church world, there's a lot of Christians, and I hope in Jesus' name it's not in this church, a lot of Christians don't live any different during the week than they did before they met Jesus. Notice I said during the week. They're different on Sunday. I mean, I've, I've, told, I've talked about this before. I won't say what the channel is. There's a channel. There may be more than one right here in the Metroplex that, uh, that they play secular music all week, and then Sunday they turn Christian and play gospel music on Sundays. That's a picture of the church, unfortunately. How many know that's not how it should be? It says, as you once were, once, once walked, past tense, according to the course of the world, according to the, here it is, prince of the power of the air. You see that? Are you all reading that with me? That says Satan is the prince of the power of the air. So if he's the power of the air, I have to control my area of the air. If I don't control the area of the air, who's going to control it? Satan. So the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Among those who also we once we once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the what? Of the mind. And were by nature children of wrath just as the others. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this night. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for what you've put in my spirit to help us as a church tonight to control our minds and control the atmosphere and the ambience of what is around us, Father, what we hear, what we think, what we say, where we go. We control that tonight, God, in Jesus' name, and the devil doesn't. Help us to control our ambience and our atmosphere and what surrounds us tonight in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. So how many see there clearly that we have an enemy who wants to take over the airwaves? He wants to dominate our thoughts. And if he is the prince of the air, then he has access to a lot of things that can come at us. And every day he can throw darts at us, so to speak, and we have to learn to miss them. We have to learn to let those darts not destroy us because he's going to throw them. He's going to throw them on billboards. He's going to throw them on TV commercials. He's going to throw them on pop-ups. He's going to throw them on your Instagram feed. He's going to throw them on your, on, your, on your social media, whatever it is. He's going to throw it at, you at, at work. He's going to throw these things at you because he's controlling the atmosphere of this world in the spiritual realm. And we have to say, no, sir, no, devil, you're not going to control my atmosphere. I'm going to walk as a child of the lights. I'm going to walk as a child of God, and I'm going to control what goes through my mind, and you're not going to control me. How many know we have called to be influencers and not to be influenced? That's our call. How many know there's a lot of darkness in this world? But light always overcomes darkness. And so we're the light the devil is darkness. The enemy is darkness. It says those sons of disobedience, we have to overcome those things, and it is a decision that we have to make. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to read quite a few verses here, but this is such a good chapter, 
and it's so clear because I, I'm going to say it now and I'll say it again in a minute. Here's, here's another thing that I can say to help you get the understanding of controlling your ambience or controlling your atmosphere or controlling what's around you. The Bible's going to tell us here in a second in Ephesians not to quench or grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay, how many have heard that before? Don't grieve or don't quench the Holy Spirit. So in other words, God has an anointing, God has a presence that he wants to be around us. God has an atmosphere he wants to be in our lives. He wants it to be peace and joy and hope. Okay? He wants the fruits of the Spirit to be evident in our lives. He wants us to have peace that passes all understanding. He wants us to be more than conquerors. He wants all these things for us. But there's an enemy who is trying to mess up our atmosphere. How many like at your house to have peace in your house? I, th I know that's kind of a dumb question, but... Duh, but yes, I mean, but although I do know some people, it seems like they don't like peace. They like, they like chaos. Anybody know anybody like that? They may not say it, but it seems like they do. But how many like peace at your house? How many like your house to be clean and in order? I'm not saying perfect. I'm not saying spotless, but clean and in order. You want your house to be a certain way, you know, and, and, and you, you have things a certain way in your house, Women more than men, amen, they're, they're, they're the, the decorators. They're, my wife is so good at making the house beautiful and decorating and moving things around and having things a certain way, and I don't dare touch anything inside that house. But she can't touch anything inside my man cave. And I'm, I'm even out of the house. I'm far away, and, I, and my, my man cave is a mess. And when I say a mess, not dirty, but full of clutter. I got stuff all over the walls, and nothing makes sense, and she's nodding her head right now. And I'll put things on purpose just because that's how I want it. So she could try to come into my man cave and mess with my atmosphere. And she, and she has. She has come. I said one time, I said, go ahead and go in and try to organize it. And so she organized my chaos a little bit. And then I went back in there and put some stuff back like I had it. But how many know if your house is a certain way, there's peace there, there's joy there, we want people to come over and feel that peace. Well, what, what happens if somebody just walks in, and, and sometimes this might happen with a visitor or visiting children or whatever, and they just start, I mean, we're finding this out with our grandkid too. You know, there's certain things we can't have out anymore because he's going to come in and mess up the atmosphere. We, we're glad he's there, but he's going to throw things on the ground, and he's going to take pictures off the wall. And So that, that's what the devil wants to do, but we can control our house. You should control your house, parents especially. Amen. Remember that your kids, no matter how old they are, even if they're 25, if they're living in your house, they're living in your house. Your house, your rules. Can I get a better amen? So you lay the rules down. But this is something that the devil wants to mess up. God's got a perfect plan of peace and joy and hope. He wants our houses to be full of order. He wants our houses, to, our lives to be full of the presence of God. And devil, the devil wants chaos. So this is that battle of the spiritual and the physical, flesh and spirit, back and forth. We've been reading the last couple weeks. God wants us to walk in the spirit so that we won't fulfill the desires of our flesh. Okay? So let's, let's read some verses here, and I'm going to give you a few more examples. Oh, right before, I, 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 I'm going to say that one more time. So quenching the spirit is that. 
You've got that peace in your house. You've got that joy in your house. You've got the house the way you want it. And somebody just, I mean, let's just say you having somebody over and you've got some nice, soft worship music playing in the background and you've got some coffee set to drink some coffee and, and you just already have a plan. We're going to sit down and drink some coffee. We're just going to talk and converse. And your visitors come over and they walk in and they go and open up your fridge and they start looking for what they can grab, and they grab some Coke or some water or some orange juice out, and they go over to, to hey, hey Siri, or not Siri, Alexa, or Google, change the music, and they change the music to whatever music they want to put on. Would that make anybody mad? Right? That, that's, that's grieving the spirit or quenching the spirit example I want you to have with God. If you walk into someone's house like that, you are quenching or grieving the plan and the order that that person has as control of their house. And, and you know what? You might go to someone's house sometimes, and you might not agree with how their house is ran, but that's their house. And many times we visit or people visit our house, and we go, that's not how I run my house, or I wouldn't do things that way, but it's their house. Right? It's your house. We can only control what we do in our house. But when somebody comes into our house or our, our area and begins to manipulate or mess around with that, that grieves us. Like we might be able to fight it off and play it off and, and, and see the best in that person but think, man, we had coffee and we had some cake right there to eat and we were going to sit down and relax and now you've grieved my spirit and now I don't even want you here anymore. But we're going to go through this night, and we're going to act like we like each other, but I'm mad at you, and you've grieved my plans. How many are following me? That's what we do when we grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. When we do something that's not in, in, in order of God's plan, we quench his spirit. We grieve his spirit. So Ephesians 4, verse 17, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer, here we see it again, no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Gentiles is unbelievers. In the futility, another word for that is darkness, of their mind, having their understanding darkened. So we're going to keep reading here in a second, but I'm seeing here in the Scriptures that there is an atmosphere of darkness, that there is an ambiance of wickedness, that there is an atmosphere or an ambiance or spirit of of, of, of demonic activity or, or darkness that, that wants to come back into our lives. And, and, and again, not to beat a dead horse tonight, church, but the reason we talk so much about music and movies and things like that is because those are ways that the Spirit gets into your atmosphere. And when you watch or listen to things that were part of your past... I mean, there's no reason that a person who's saved should be listening to music that they listened to before they met Jesus. I'm sorry. I'll argue with that until the day I die. Because there are spirits there. There is an atmosphere of darkness there that we should no longer be a partaker of. And I don't need your amen. It's the fact. It's the truth. And, it's, and this is what Paul is dealing with. 
Here he is two chapters later, and he's having to tell them again. It's almost like, why is he having to waste his time? Sometimes, and listen, I'm not saying this because I know of anybody that anything's watching or anybody that's anything's listening to. I have no motives. I know nothing of your playlist. I know nothing of your Netflix history. I'm just saying that sometimes it's like, why do we even have to talk about these things? To me, it's common sense. That if, if, if I was acting a certain way as a dark, unsaved, out-of-the-light person, and the things I watched as a dark and light, out-of-the-light, out unsaved person, why would I go back and watch those things now that I'm in the light? Why would I go back and listen to those songs now that I'm in the light? Because we all have, if we have a past at all, and God bless those and praise God for those who have never had that past in the sense, not that we haven't sinned, but that past in the sense of, 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 a, of a different life. Remember the greatest testimony in here tonight, especially you young people, is that you never have that other life. Please understand that. We don't want to glorify the testimony of who you used to be because, listen, teenagers especially, there's no promise you're going to come back from that. It's only by the grace of God that some of us that are older that had tasted goodness and tasted God and came back to him by the grace of God had the chance to do it. There's no promise of that. So please understand that the best testimony is somebody who has never tried drugs, never drank alcohol, never got into the occult, never messed with Ouija boards, never got into demonic activity, never done any of those, never slept around. Save themselves from marriage. Don't touch drugs. Don't touch alcohol. Walk with a purity in their heart. That's the real testimony. And we need to admire and lift that up more. Amen. And so we got to understand that this is a, a, a past person, and it says in verse 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the what? Ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness. Being past feeling means they don't feel anything anymore. You know how dangerous it is to be to a place where you do something wrong and you don't feel the conviction of God anymore? Scary. Saved or unsaved. These people talking about a people who are walking in darkness and it says to work all uncleanness with greediness. You ever seen the news and saw somebody, and we're going to read 20 in just a second. You ever seen somebody in the news, heard a story of a murder or a rape or some crazy thing happen and go, how in the world could somebody do that? Have you ever heard that, thought that? How? I'm telling you how. They were in an atmosphere and an ambiance of the devil and they were under the influence of the spirit of the enemy, and it caused them to do things that no, they would never have done in their right mind, and the prince of the air had them captured, and they needed to get out of that atmosphere, but they stayed. And if you're in the atmosphere or the ambience or under the influence of the devil, the prince of the air, there's nothing that he can't and won't do. So we must win this battle of our minds. Verse 20, he says, you haven't learned this in Christ, verse 20. If indeed you have heard him, how many have heard the, the gospel? And have been taught by him, 
as the truth is in Jesus. What do we need to do then? What do we need to do when we learn the truth? Here's what he says, verse 22. Put off. In other words, stop doing the things you used to do. Put it off concerning your former conduct. There's a, leave this up for a second. There's a grace period that only God knows what your grace period is. Everyone's different. Where you get saved and you start to, to learn and you start to find things out and you start to realize that this is right and this is wrong and this is what the Bible says. And in that period of, you, you, you start shedding things off. You start, you stop hanging out with those people you used to hang out with. You stop going and, and buying things the places you used to buy. You stop associating with those. It doesn't mean you can't still be light in this dark world. It means that you ha- don't have the same conduct anymore. There's a difference. So it says, put it off. And then it says, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And here we go. Battle of the mind. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We have to get rid of our stinking thinking. Some people are in miserable lives and have no victory as a believer because they're still thinking the way they thought before they met Jesus. They have not put on, the Philippians talks about putting on the mind of Christ. Putting on the humility of who Jesus is. That being God himself humbled himself and went to the cross. Let me know this takes some decisions right here. This takes saying, you know what? I really like that, but I'm not doing that anymore. I really like that person, but I can't be around them anymore. It's not a cult. It's not, it's, people, people think you joined a cult. That's what they'll say. Oh, so-and-so's in a cult now because they only hang out with those people. They don't hang out with us no more. They don't go to the parties with us no more. They're better than us. They're in a, that's what people say. They're in a cult. It's not a cult. It's a different way of life. Yeah, I like that. It's a smarter. We don't wake up with headaches. We know where we were the night before. We have more money in our hands. We have more peace and joy. And we're smarter. So that old man is deceitful, it says, with his lust. And, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man. Put on the new man, which was created. How often do we need to put the new man on? Every day which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, we're at verse 24. You can take that down for just a second. I'm going to read a little bit more in a second. How many are with me tonight? This is important stuff. I can control the atmosphere. When you're driving down the road, there's not some person, invisible person next to you in the car turning the radio. You control the radio station. You control what you listen to. And I could, I'm going to give you a little bit right here in a second, but I could spend hours literally giving you studies. I could go back to movies. I could go back. I could spend time on music. I could go back to restaurants, all these, all these ways. And, and listen, understand especially the day we're living in today with the image 
right? We know the end result of, of where our world is going is we're going to be controlled by the Internet. I mean, we're already controlled, but like really controlled, like totally controlled. The Bible calls it the image. And that, that TV, that phone, that apparatus is, is being used. And, 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 and I mean, I, I'll say this again. It's been a while. If you haven't gone and seen, this is a good night to remind you. And th- this, is, this is on Netflix. So if you still have your Netflix thing, haven't gotten rid of it yet. It's called The Social Dilemma. You ought to go watch it so you can see that what I'm telling you is the truth. Because people from Facebook and Instagram and Google and all these big, I don't know what else, things came out that worked at these places and said it's a fact that the way your notifications and the way your, the way your, your uh, uh, what's it called, feed and all the things you watch, the way it is, is planned and purposed by these people to cause you to be, think a certain way, buy certain things. It's an influence. It's, this, it's the prince of the air functioning. I mean, this is real tonight, real. And so we, we have to control that. Nobody makes me have Netflix. Nobody makes me get on Instagram. Nobody makes me listen to a certain music. Nobody, I, mean, I, I love to hear the stories of, especially people in our church where they've gone, to, I mean, to be honest today, I, I, I like movies. I like going to, I like, used to like going to the movie theater. But there's nothing to watch anymore. And I've heard many stories, and we've done it ourselves, where you go in to watch a movie, and you have to get up and walk out. And, and, and God bless you for being a good Christian and getting up and walking out of a movie because it's ungodly. Can I get a better amen? Some of y'all should have got up and walked out. Amen. If you're watching something that's not godly, get up and walk out. Make a statement. No one's making you be in that movie, but the atmosphere or the ambiance has been set, and it's almost like the movie theater's there, and it's like, we got them. We got them for the next two or three hours. Think about it. You've paid money. You've bought your popcorn. You've sat down. You're committed. All your family's there. Your friends are there, whatever, and you're watching and now they've got you. And now look at look at now. I, I, if, you, if you didn't hear it, even the last, I mean, my girl, my girls, especially Kristen, grew up on Toy Story. That first original Toy Story. But the latest one, Buzz Lightyear or whatever, I mean, and now it's homosexual. It's transgender. I mean, they're throwing this stuff in there because they have the atmosphere. And they have us as believers in the atmosphere. And they're coddling us, and they're giving us signals, and they're telling us things. And we have the power to control our ambiance, our atmosphere. Amen? Are y'all following me tonight? Is this good preaching? So this is how you win the battle of the mind. That you say, I'm not going to let somebody else control my atmosphere or my ambiance. I'm going to wake up in the morning, and I'm going to have a good day, and no matter who I run into, I'm not going to let them steal me of my joy. I am saved and blood-bought and going to heaven, and I'm going to go through some afflictions and some tribulations, but my name is in the book of life, and I'm saved, and I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus, and I'm not going to let this world or the ambience of this world affect who I am in Jesus. And that's a decision you have to make. I just grabbed this part. There's really no 
motive behind it. Again, this is something I thought would just fit in good with what I'm talking about, about the atmosphere. This is uh, uh, an actual site about addiction. I'm not even going to say the name because then you might go try to look at it right now. I know how some of y'all on your phones, I don't want you to lose track. But it's an addiction site. It's a site that helps people with addictions. And this is what they said. This isn't a Christian, by the way. It has nothing. It's not a Christian organization at all. It's just a secular addiction site. I'm just going to read this verbatim. Research surrounding drug use and music. This has to do with the atmosphere, the prince of the air. The increase of drug references within music, especially in specific genres, has led parents to be concerned about the impact of long-term exposure to such music on young listeners. Many researchers have investigated the matter to determine the risk. One study, which surveyed a group of community college students ages 18 to 25, examines the correlation between the music choices that they have and substance abuse. The researchers wanted to know whether listening to music containing messages of violence and substance abuse was related to young people's substance use and aggressive behavior. They found that regardless of age, regardless of gender, and regardless of race, listening to rap, techno, and reggae music was positively associated with alcohol and illicit drug use and aggressive behaviors. These results suggest that substance use and violence in young people may indeed be related to frequent exposure to references to these behaviors in music. I'm finishing. A similar study from the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine, this is not Christian, found that teens who listen to music that mentions marijuana are much more likely to use marijuana. Among the participants, there were, twi- there, there were nearly, sorry, those who listened to music with the most references to marijuana were nearly twice as likely to have used marijuana than those who favored songs less focused on substance abuse. In other words, what you're listening to is getting into your head. Lastly, it says, the average participant in this study listened to approximately 22 hours of music per week. That's a lot. And heard around 40 marijuana references per day listening to the music. So music, and and you're not going to have any singer, if I gave the microphone to some secular singer tonight, he's not going to get up and say, hey, I just wanted you all to know that I throw out these things because I just want everybody to go smoke weed. And I, they're, they're not going to say that because they have a prince that they're answering to. The music industry has a God. And this God that they serve, just like we serve Jesus, and just like Jesus commissioned us, commissions us to go preach the gospel, their God, the devil, commissions them to write music that's going to mess people up. It's just a fact. So don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Now let's finish reading here, verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, that'll grieve the Spirit. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Anger can quench the Spirit. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give place to the devil. That's a part of controlling your ambience. 
Let him who steals, steal no longer. Stealing will quench the Holy Spirit. Rather, let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has a need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to hearers. And I'm going to read one more part. I've got some more to read, but I want to finish with this. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Your words, your words are powerful. Powerful. I want to end with this, the words. I've touched on music. I've touched on restaurants. I've touched on influences, different things to think about. But listen, your words, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in your tongue. So you got to be careful what you're speaking. You need to speak words of life. You need to speak words of the Word of God. You need to make sure that you understand that when you release a word into the air, if you don't cancel it out, it's out there. It could be about a person. could be about yourself. could be something that you're speaking about yourself. you got to be careful. I, this is a, that's a whole other message. But reading all these verses, the idea is God wants you to walk over and above and beyond the circumstances that you're going through in life. And he wants you to control the ambience. He wants you to control your mind. And he wants us to understand that no matter what we're facing in this life, we can be above it. We can be over it. We can defeat it. Instead of, well, that's just how it is, that's how I feel, this is what happened, be, be, be above it. Don't, don't think anymore in a way of darkness. Don't think anymore the way you used to think. Get rid of your stinking thinking. Get rid of your negative talking. Get rid of the corruption out of your mouth. Get, every day, get better. Every day, repent. Every day say, Lord, show me things in my life. Show me thoughts, actions, things that I'm doing, that I'm saying, that are causing the Spirit of God to be grieved. Because I need the Spirit of God. How many know we need the Spirit of God with us, walking with us? John 15 says, abide in me, and I'll abide in you. So he says we have to make the first move. He'll, he's never going to leave us or forsake us. He'll love us all the way to hell. But we have to choose. I'm going to set an atmosphere. This is, this is important. You, you, let me just finish it with this. Listen to what you want to listen to. Say what you want to say. Watch what you want to watch. Go where you want to go. But understand that a lot of those things you do, go see, say, bump, nah, 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 Jesus ain't going with you. So you can do what you want. I don't know about you. I want the Spirit of God around me. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be by myself. I want to abide in Jesus so that he'll abide in me. I want to partner with him. I want to be right by his side. But I'm, what if I'm watching something, listening to something, saying something, doing something, thinking something that's causing the spirit to be quenched? And as much as Jesus wants to abide with me, he can't because his spirit can't be around that because he's holy. Father, help us tonight to control 
the ambience, the atmosphere of our lives. We cannot control someone else's life. We cannot control someone else's thoughts or even someone else's actions. But I can control my own. And I want that spirit of God to be around me. I want the presence of the Lord to be around me because the Bible tells me, your word says, that where the presence of the Lord is, there's liberty. That's what I want. I want that liberty around me. I want to be able to be in my my right mind. I want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit and not by the prince of the air. So I have to take captive those thoughts as we've been talking about and renew my mind and transform my mind to the things of God and not walk the way I used to walk, not talk the way I used to talk, not think the way I used to think. Holy Spirit, we call on you tonight to help us. We need your help. We need your guidance. And we know that you'll help us. We know that you'll speak to us. We know you'll convict us. All over this place, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I know the Holy Spirit spoke this message, and I know fruit will come out of it, and I know lives are being changed and decisions are being made right now. All over this congregation and in many different places, different cities and different homes and different TVs and, and phones, we thank God for the technology of those tonight that maybe had to work, that are sick, watching from home, watching this tomorrow, watching or listening to this on the podcast next month. But Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us. How many all over this place tonight could say, Jesus, I need you to change my life. I'm not born again. I'm not abiding in you. I'm not a child of the King of God. I'm I'm still walking in darkness. I'm still walking in the futility of my mind, and I need to be changed tonight. How many can say, Pastor, pray for me. I need salvation tonight. Just lift up your hand and put it right back down. I need to be saved all over this place. Thank you for the power of salvation tonight, Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity to be saved. Those that are watching online, those that are listening on the podcast, you're going to get a chance to say a prayer tonight to put your faith in Jesus, to be saved, to be born again, to be turned past, to be passed over from darkness to light, from the powers of Satan to the powers of God. Maybe you're backslidden, running from the Lord, making bad decisions, making the wrong choices, being influenced. Pastor, lift me up tonight in prayer. Pray for me. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord tonight. Just put your hand up and say, that's me. That's me. Let's stand all over this place. We're going to open up these altars in just a minute, and we're going to take some authority over our ambience. We're going to take some authority over our atmosphere. Amen. I, I believe that there's already been some decisions being made tonight in this place. Of, of whatever the Holy Spirit spoke to you. Whatever he tell, tells you to do, you do. Whatever he convicted you of, you think about that. Maybe it's words. Maybe it's something you watch. Maybe it's people you hang out with. Maybe it's negativity. Whatever it is, you control the ambience of your life. And when you do, the Spirit is not quenched. God is with you. And if God is with you, who can be against you? Amen. Right before we open up these altars to pray, let's let's pray a prayer tonight with those watching online. 
We never know who's watching online. We never know who's listening. I was just told by my mother-in-law today that uh, a cousin of Carla's, cousin, right, down in Costa Rica that used to be in our kids' ministry many, many, many years ago is, is, is going to church and, and sometimes watches. I don't know if she speaks English or not or she does. She was listening and was watching us all the way from Costa Rica. We don't know who's listening. We don't know who's watching tonight. Somebody tonight might be thinking about suicide. Somebody tonight might be destined for some kind of, God forbid, an accident next week or something, and they're going to get saved tonight right now because the Holy Spirit spoke to them. So we don't know who's listening. We don't know who's watching. We thank God for this technology. So let's say this prayer. If you're watching online, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. Maybe you've been running from God for a long time, and tonight something clicked. The light bulb came on in your spirit. And tonight's the night that you say, I'm tired of running. I, I, I realize tonight that my ambience has been controlled by the prince of the air. And tonight I'm going to make some decisions. If you're listening online or watching online and you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life and you want your life to change and never be the same again, say this after me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. Your word says I fall short of your glory. And the wages of my sin is death. But even in my sin and in my wickedness, you still loved me enough to die. On that cross for me, you shed your blood. You gave your life as a sacrifice for me. And you said in your word, that if I'll confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, I'll be saved. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, I call on you. I believe on you. You are the way and the truth and the life. Change me tonight. Transform me tonight. I follow you tonight. I leave the devil I stop walking in darkness, and I follow you. Make me a new creation in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.